0: This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network.
1: Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson, and I think you do know his name, said he already feels as if he's a Hall of Famer and that he doesn't want to be known as just the best running back out there, but the best player, period. So what? Well, so we have Adrian Peterson on today's show, and trust me, that's a subject we're going to get around to. Also in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're going to roll out our own Hall of Fame of women in the NFL, we're starting with former Raiders executive, Amy Trask, whom you can catch these days as an analyst and panelist on the CBS Sports Network. We're also here with former running back Edgerrin James. Yep, Edge belongs in the Hall of Fame. Get the lowdown of what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals and pay tribute to Columbus Day with the best and worst discoveries in NFL history. But first, as always, we'll take a tour around the league. And guys, let's start where we left off last week. That would be Miami, where there's a new sheriff in town. Interim coach Dan Campbell Goose. Dolphins are a team without a pulse right now. So do you expect that to change with the change of coaches?
2: Yes, I do. Uh, Campbell made his way through the NFL as a blocking tight end. I think his promotion tells me that the Dolphins will focus on becoming a better running team. You know, right now they rank 31st in the NFL in rushing. When you can't run the ball, your quarterback gets killed. You know, Ryan Tannehill signed a $95 million contract, and the Dolphins need to do a better job of protecting that investment. He's taken a real beating in the first month. He needs that play-action passing game to slow the pass rush down. And the only way to establish that is to run the football.
1: Well, Ronnie, you cover that, AFC East, and you know where I stand. Like a blanket, where, baby. <laughs> where most people stand. Yeah, you do cover it like a blanket. Um, but in that division, of course, everyone's playing for second as long as your buddy and mine, Tom Brady, is around. So question I want to ask you is, Do the Dolphins have the talent to be a wild card? They said they were going to be in the playoffs before the season. So do they have the talent to be a wild card? And where do you stand on Tannehill?
3: Well, uh, I think uh, there's two ways to look at that. Do they have the sort of physical talent? Uh, It would certainly appear so. But, you know, they've got some pretty deep uh, problems there. You know, last Thursday there was a padded practice. And in Dominican Sioux, highest paid defensive player in football showed up in sneakers, uh, which, you know, really says a lot, said a lot to his uh, teammates, and then he played pathetically in the game. If your best player is playing like a dog uh, and and dressing like he's in high school, uh, you probably got some pretty deep problems that the, the talent can't overcome. So I don't, I don't know if Dan Campbell could solve those. As far as Daniel goes, I, you know, I've always I've liked him. I think he's gotten better each season until this year, but as Goose points out, it's hard to get better when you have to take medicine after every game, you know. I mean, he's upside down more than you are clock when it comes to uh, uh, Tom Brady. So uh, you know, I don't know what uh, really what to make of him, but I, but I know he can't keep taking the beating he's taken. That's for sure.
2: Right, it still goes back to what I just said earlier. When you can't run the football, you can't control the clock. That exposes your defense. You know, the Miami defense has been asked to play an average of almost 35 minutes a game this season because right. of the lack of the running game. Little wonder they rank 31st in defense. You know, it's easy to point the fingers at the quarterback. But I think the Dolphins have much bigger problems than Ryan Tannehill.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think Sue's one of them, you know. I mean, you can't pay a guy that kind of money and have him come in and play the way he's played and act the way
1: he apparently is acting. Well, Ryan, he's wearing sneakers because he's the team's kicker, if you know what (laughs) I mean. Anyway, (laughs) well, speaking of quarterbacks, Goose, hey, which two and two team is in better shape with a backup, Pittsburgh or your Cowboys?
2: i the Cowboys play the Patriots and Seahawks in their next three games. The Steelers play the Chiefs Ouch. and Chargers. I'd say the men of steel are in a little <laughs> better shape.
1: Well, speaking of a team that may need a backup more than expected, Ron, what's in the cards for Indianapolis if Andrew Luck's shoulder doesn't come around?
3: Hey, friend a uh, friend of mine, Matt Hasselbeck, the best 40-year-old quarterback in, in the Christendom, will uh, be in there. Look, Matt's a solid guy. He played actually pretty well uh, last Sunday. He's much more than a game manager. You guys know he was a Pro Bowl player. Uh, you know for a while he led a team to Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing out there. Uh, you know whether he's good enough to overcome that offensive line is the question, and whether he can survive it is even the larger question. But uh, <laughs> long term, if he has to play, they're in trouble. But it's not because of him.
1: Hey, quick now, you guys buying or selling on the G men?
3: Buying. Got the best quarterback in the division. Ron? Agreed. I'm buying. Redskins stink. Cowboys are in ER.
1: Okay, we're going to stop right there. Kelly's
3: in Philadelphia.
1: (laughs) We're going to stop right there, Ronnie. We're not in Philadelphia. We're here going to commercial. When we return, it's Adrian Peterson and what he and we think of his Hall of Fame chances. It's the Talk of Fame Network. The Talk of Fame is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can activate software that will clean up whatever is affecting your computer. For more information, go to MyCleanPC.com.
4: The following was recorded at a Burger King drive-through at breakfast.
5: Morning, welcome to Burger King. Let me get a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich. Sure, right now they're two for four dollars. But is that how you say that? Yeah, croissant sandwich. Where I'm from, we say croissant sandwich. Try that. Croissant sandwich. Oh, that took you two seconds. Took me years of practice. I'm not you. Piled high with thick-cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two croissant sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just four dollars. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. GEICO applauds your inner journey seeker. GEICO gives a hearty pat on the back to the part of you that just wants to get out and ride your motorcycle, to take to the open road, and let the wind and bugs fly your way. In fact, bring on the bugs. They can't stop your quest for highway enlightenment. GEICO ensures not only your car, but also that fine-looking bike of yours, with a custom-tailored policy and the best rates for you. So next time you suit up for adventure, make sure to take GEICO along for the ride. GEICO Motorcycle. See how much you could save.
6: This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank, hearing pitches from small businesses. Now, there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is a rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com. That's Cabbage with a K. K-A-B-B-A-G-E or call 888-CABBAGE
7: Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently it's not enough to go on a weekend jog. Nowadays, so-called fun runs have barbed wire, mud bogs and flaming hoops. Can poison blow darts be far behind? But Motel 6 is a safe stop in the long or short run. Always a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain. Book online at motel6.com I'm Tom Bodette and we'll leave the light on for you. Ow, was that a blow? Duh.
0: Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin.
8: Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners.
1: Our first guest is a winner. He's also one of the most dynamic running backs in NFL history. Minnesota's Adrian Peterson became the NFL's Rookie of the Year in 2007 with a 1,300-yard season, won his first rushing title in the second year with 1,700 yards, and then authored the second-greatest rushing season of all time with a 2,000-yard explosion in 2012. And while he missed most of last season, he's back on top again in 2015, leading the NFL with 372 yards through the opening month. Adrian Peterson, thanks. For joining us, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Adrian, you started
2: this season uh, with a thirty-one game, thirty-one yard game against San Francisco, and then slapped one hundred yards on both Detroit and San Diego, and rang up Denver for eighty-one more last week. What was the toughest part—the adjustments for you returning after having been away from the field and physical contact for a year?
8: Um, I would definitely have to say that the the contact. You know, I knew that was something that I would have to adjust to. Um, first week and uh, going up against San Fran, I was pretty excited about that because I just know how physical their defense is. and So that was the main thing, just kind of getting back out there. Because no matter what you do, there's nothing like playing football, you know, breaking away from guys, cutting, um, you know, away from guys and, and running through guys. Um, so I knew that would be the toughest challenge.
3: They say, of course, uh, ages the wall for running backs historically is, is 30 years old, around 30 years old. Uh, there have been more than uh, 230 different 1,000-yard rushes in NFL history, but only 30 of them managed to do it a uh, 1,000 or more at 30 or older. O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Jerome Bettis, uh, Daniel Thompson all rushed for 1,000 yards at the age of 29 and then never again. Why do you think uh, that is, and, and what makes you different from, from those guys who, who couldn't quite keep it going after they turned 30?
8: You know, I would really have to go back through their seasons and I might do that too, go back to when they was twenty nine I mean when they were thirty and see how their their game changed, um, to be able to come up with the answer of, of why uh, why not pass thirty. But um all those guys are cut from different costs, clearly. So I I know they have great work ethic and, and mindset. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this, you know, I'm thirty and my plan is to definitely go for 2,000 more than once <laughs> before, uh, <laughs> before I, I hang up the clique, you know. So I know in order to do that, um, you know, it comes down to, you know, work ethic, you know, mentally having your mind um, right and having faith in yourself and what you can do, you know. But you just can't have faith in yourself. You actually have to put in the work, put in the time. Um and do the things necessary to to be able to, to play at a high level um I feel like God has blessed me with a tremendous talent, and it's up to me to uh utilize it the right way for as long as i can
1: Adrian, you said two thousand more than once. do you think you can do two thousand this year
8: <laughs> I do I honestly do honestly do you know i I guess that's just the mindset that I have um because you gotta I look at things like this. In order to accomplish something, you have to put the word, you have to believe it first. You have to believe in your heart that you can do it. And you have to put the work in. And, you know, things have to work out, of course, um, depending on what, what type of team you, you're on, what type of style you guys, you know, um, you know play with. Um, so it, all those things definitely have to come in full circle. But I feel like the number one ingredient is is having faith and believing that you can do it, you know. And right next to that is making sure that you're able to endure the long haul um, of an NFL season, you know. So, yeah, I definitely feel like that I can do it multiple times.
1: We're with Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Adrian, following that question, uh, your offensive coordinator, Norv Turner, He's got a strong history in the running game, as you know. It's no surprise to you. I mean, he called the plays. the won rushing titles for guys like Emmitt Smith, Ricky Williams, LT. What makes his offense so user-friendly for running backs, and does that encourage you also to think that maybe this could be the year?
8: Yeah, um, I really feel like we're our team having the right pieces, you know, having a quarterback that, uh, that can control the offense and that can deliver the ball to the receivers and put the, you know, put the ball in, in playmakers' hands. You know, just having, you know, Mike Wallace and uh, C.P. Jarrett Wright, uh, Kyle Rudolph, we have, we have talent to be able to facilitate the ball around to multiple guys. And with that, um, it allows you to play, you know, when you have a running back. It really allows you to really run the ball and be a balanced, a balanced offense. Um, so, um, you know, I've noticed – and I'm sure a lot of people have noticed that we're not in the I formation um, the entire game or the single back formation the entire game. But I've learned that in this offense, so many pieces are going to be involved. So when the opportunity comes for me to be able to take advantage in the run game, then I have to make sure that I'm capitalizing on each carry that I, that I get that's presented to me. And, you know, that's the main thing for me. But I've also learned, too, that he's that guy that, you know, if the run is, is working and those guys are not stopping it, then, hey, you know, we're going to want to feed the ball, um, you know, to, to our back you know. And um, that's what he's done in the past and has been successful. And um, I'm just happy that I'm able to, to experience this with Coach Turner and uh, – and, you know,
2: hopefully win a championship. In, in your rookie year, there were 142 individual 100-yard rushing games in the NFL. Last season, there were only 103. The running game was once the backbone for success in the NFL. Now it's becoming almost an afterthought. DeMarco Murray mm-hmm. wins a rushing title a year ago, and the Cowboys let him walk in free agency, the first incumbent rushing champ to change teams in almost 70 years. Why do you think the NFL is moving away from the ground game?
8: Um, You know, I, I feel like recently it's kind of transitioning to a, a passion league, you know. You you see all the big dollars going to like cornerbacks and, and receivers and the quarterbacks, and um, you know I don't know I, I don't know if, you know I guess you know people just love excitement, love the big plays and passing the ball and, and things like that. Um, and it, it's really it's been kind of tough sledding for, for running backs. You know, you have three or four, you know maybe a good year, you know, five decent, like, caliber running backs um, that's around the league. Um, so I feel like um, teams are moving more towards passing the ball and uh, and kind of getting away from the run uh, because, you know, it's, it's, that's just kind of how, you know, things are going right now. I, I, I honestly feel like here in the next year, or two, you know, defense. these defensive coaches are smart, you know, so it's going to come down to okay, we're, we're going to be able to stop the pass game you know, with the defense that we're presenting. Um, we, we dare you to run the ball. And, you know, teams are kind of, I think teams are kind of get back into and to running the ball um, a lot more, you know. So I feel like it's my duty and, you know, DeMar- uh, DeMarco and you know, Marshawn Lynch and, you know, the, the top-tier backs around the league to make people know that, hey, you know, this is the way that you play football. This is the way that, you know, we grew up playing this game, you know, running the ball and, and being able to help a quarterback uh, take pressure of a quarterback and make it easier for our receivers um, so we can keep those running backs coming, you know, from high school on to college and, and, and really drive them to be, uh, you know, that go-to guy when they enter into the NFL, you know. So I think slowly but surely um, teams will get back to running the ball a lot more.
3: Well, this season, of course, you, you entered uh, ranked 25th all-time in rushing. If you gain 1,200 yards, you'll jump 10 slots up to 15. You could even get inside and in, in close to 10. Another 1,000-yard season in 2016 would move you into the top 10. And, of course, if you just knock out the 2,000 this year, we can forget all that, and you just get right into the top ten. Yeah, yeah, let's just do that. Let's just go to about 2,200 and get it over with. But what I'm wondering is, for, for the longest time, running backs believe you know, the sort of magic number to reach Canton and, and make the Hall of Fame is 10,000 career yards. Do you have any sort of magic number in mind for yourself that you think will be the number that, that puts you in the Hall of Fame when that time comes?
8: You know, um, I, I have my eyes on Emma Smith and all the time, you know, leading Russia record. You know, that's something that I shoot for, you know, as as a running back and just, just a personal goal. You know, I, I play this game to, to be the best player to ever play, it. you know, to be considered the best player to ever ever played it, not just running back.
3: follow-up to that, Adrian, uh, I don't know if you've ever been asked this before because it just sort of popped into my head, but uh, how much does it hurt to gain 1,200 yards? <laughs> I mean, when you, you yeah. know, when, you're getting, when you wake up at the end of a season uh, and you've gained uh-huh. 1,200 yards or 1,400 yards, what's that feel like? Because it sounds like a lot of wear and tear.
8: It is. You know, it's, it's a lot. It takes a toll on the body, you know, uh, you know, that's why I feel like the running back position is kind of, you know, especially how we're viewed now, it's like, wow, you know, so disrespectful. You know, because we you know we go through so much, you know, during the season, you know, for, for 16 weeks and, you know, on top of postseason as well. Um, so, you know, our body definitely goes through the transits and, you know, it's a lot of wear and tear, a lot of injuries and stuff that, you know, a lot of guys, but you know the running backs play through as well. But um, you definitely be looking forward to the off season so your body can recover and, and rejuvenate and, and actually heal a um, hundred percent. It's tough playing um, playing running back in the National Football League. I can tell you that.
1: Adrian, we've got to go to commercial, but could you stick around? Yes, sir, we'll do. When we return, Thanks. we'll hear more from Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson. In case you missed it, we're brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer is running slowly, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a diagnosis. In just minutes, you can activate MyCleanComputer software to clean out what's slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. As an
5: entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forward callers to your mobile phone. You can even get voicemails transcribed. Join over 150,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system.
2: Since the dawn of time, people have loved combining things. Have a stick and a sharp rock? Yeah! Now it's an axe. Okay. Got steam in a boat?
0: Uh Uh-huh.
2: A low steamboat. Oh, yeah. That's how we made the new Little Caesars box set. You get four slices of deep, deep dish pepperoni pizza and 10 pieces of Italian cheese bread with crazy sauce in the same box for just nine bucks. We think you'll agree it's the best combination ever. It is! The new box
9: set only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza at participating locations for a limited time plus tax.
10: It's Lisa G here. Hey, I think you're all beautiful. I love you guys, and I'll bet a lot of you out there have acne. I feel your pain. It's embarrassing, and you're thinking, how on earth can I get rid of it, right? One word, proactive. I'm telling you, prescription-grade Proactive heals your acne and even prevents future breakouts. How great is that? There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. It's time to get it because Proactive has set up a special dedicated 800 number for my listeners. So get ready to punch that number into your phone. Pull over if you have to. Here's the deal. Nineteen ninety five dollars gets you proactive, plus a rotating deep cleansing brush. It's valued at $45, and it's yours free. So is the shipping. For only nineteen ninety five, dollars you, my friends, are guaranteed to get clear and stay clear, or you'll get your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call for a lifetime of beautiful skin. Tell them Lisa G sent you. Call 1-800-644-5944.
0: Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. With Ron Borges, Rick Goslin,
1: and Clark Judge. The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local or toll-free number or bring your own. See how it works? Just go to grasshopper.com. And we're back. We're with Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson on the Talk of Fame Network. Adrian, you mentioned going after Emmett Smith. He's a long ways yeah. away. How much longer do you plan on sticking around this game?
8: Yeah. I really, um, I, honestly, I feel like I can play the way my body feels. I feel like I can play to at least 37, you know. Will I play that long? I, I don't know. You know, I feel like it comes down to my love for the game, you know. Uh, my love for the game now is still strong. Uh, will it be that way four or five years now? I don't know. and I will hope so. But um, I would have to just wait and, and see, you know. Um, But I eye that record because I believe in myself and I believe that I can play this game, you know, 35, 36, 37. Uh, whenever I really decide to, to stop playing, you know, barring any career-ending injury, uh, I really feel like I can play this game a long, uh, long period of time. So with that, I feel like the Emmitt Smith record is, is right there in, in my sight,
1: Adrian. Another question for you. Speaking of running backs, whom do you consider the top three ever to play the game, and is there one you emulated? <laughs> Good
8: question. <laughs> so, um, I have to um, respect my elders, and you know, I I gotta say Jim Brown. Yes, sir. I him, <laughs> yeah, I gotta put Jim Brown right there, just just because you know he he's a guy. You know, he, he's the guy that everyone chases. So I'll go Jim Brown, and then you think about dyna- dynamic players. You know, I look at that in numbers, and I say, okay, well, this guy might not have been the most physical back, or, you know, this guy was maybe faster or stronger, but who produced the most, you know? So when I look at things like that, I have to have Barry Sanders up there without a doubt, like right? without a question, uh, Barry Sanders, I would say Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. To me personally, even though they were different styles, you know, Walter was more. I'm more of a Walter Payton type style runner than Barry Sanders. But I had to put those guys on the same level because even though Barry was, you know, he was more of a you know elusive guy and make you miss type guy, and he um, wasn't that powerful guy. Or he had speed, but wasn't just like blazing speed. He produced, he got it done, you know, and he got it done in a way that I haven't seen it done before, I mean, since. Uh, So, I would say Jim Brown, uh, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, and then uh, I'm I'm putting those guys at two, and then a third back. (laughs) It's hard, man. I have to go with (laughs) O.J. I got to go with O.J. I got to go with (laughs) Deuce. Yeah. it's a good pick. O.J.
2: Adrian, the the one back you didn't mention was Eric Dickerson who set the single-season rushing record in 1984. Now, that's the holy grail for runners, a record that stood up for 30 years. You missed breaking that record by a mere nine nine yards in 2012. Can that record be broken, and will that record be broken?
8: It will be broken. (laughs) It will. It will. It will. It will. Um, You know what? I didn't mention right when O.J. came out of my mouth I was sitting there. I was debating between OJ and Ed Ditchinson, but then I was just like, you know, I know he He has, this, you know, the twenty-one, the sing, single-season rushing record, but OJ, the things he did in what fourteen games, two thousand yards. Yep. It's like, yep. uh, that's like on a totally different level, you know. Like I want to, I want to get two thousand yards in fourteen games just to be like, okay, I'm. I was able to do that too, you know. But, uh, yeah, Eric Dickinson, that record, man, it's something that that I'm shooting for as well. You know, I try not to think about it as much. I just set it as, a, as, as something that I want to accomplish, and then, you know, just go out there and play. I've learned when you when you think about it, then that's when you'll miss it. You know, but one day it will be broke, and God's willing, I am the one that will break it.
3: When you come that close, Adrian, nine yards, I mean, did you, did you spend the whole off season, you know, looking at tape of games, saying, "Well, they, they should have given me eight more inches on that run and six more inches on that run"? I mean, did it drive you crazy to get that close and and not get it?
8: It did. It did. You know, it was. I went into that Green Bay game and I told myself, "You know what? If it happens, it happens. If not, you know, it wasn't meant to be." And I didn't think about the record at all. I went out there and I just played. I just played ball. So. When I'm doing an interview and she asked me, she was when she said nine yards short, I was like, I really didn't know what she was talking about. I was lost. And I was like, what? Nine yards from the record? She was like, yeah. And I was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> it really just hit home, you know. It's like, that's a first down, you know. Uh, so it was a hard pill to swallow. But then again, it was just like, man, you know, it wasn't meant to happen. But during the off season, I had plenty of time to sit back and think about games that you know. I remember a run against Saint um Saint Louis and I broke across the field and I it was a I wanna say it was a power play to the right and I ended up bouncing all the way to the left and kinda got tackled. It was like a weak tackle too by the cornerback and I'm just like, Man, if I just would have pulled my leg through, I know I was tired, could have ran for ten more yards and I think about uh, Houston game, because I went into that game like, okay, I need to get 150, 200 yards in this game. And that's what and that's what I mean by not going to a game um, counting yards, you know, to go out there and play. Because I went into that game and we played Houston down in Houston. And um, I was counting. I was counting yards. And I think I ended up like 80-some yards <laughs> in that game. Um, but it's funny because, disappointed disappointed. We, we just played against them in Denver, and um, I ended up with like 81 yards. So it was like the same kind of scenario. So I was thinking yesterday, out of the blue, I was like, well, maybe, you know, it's just reversed this time. You know, I kind of played played Houston when Phillips was there. Um, later on in the season, I ended up with 80 some yards and came close to the record. This time we're playing them early, I ended up with 80 some yards. So, you know, <laughs> I think I'm on the right trick. Let me just there you go. go.
3: There's, there's some right. There's some omens there. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, Adrian, when you came out of Oklahoma, you know there was such you were such a physical runner, and there were some concerns how long you'd last in the NFL, which was a big reason uh, you slid from being perhaps the first overall selection, uh, you know, in the draft to seventh behind Jamarcus Russell and Gaines Adams, whoever he is, and uh, Levi Brown <laughs> does. Uh, does that draft day slide still motivate you the way it does some guys when they're in that situation?
8: Um, a little bit, a little bit, but not really. And I'll say that because of this. You know, now that I've been around you know, the business, and I know that, that that's exactly what it is, you know, and I've been able to see um, a lot of talent come through the draft and wonder why this guy didn't go to the first round and this guy ended up going the first round. You know, because um, I, I feel like I have a good eye for talent. And those guys that get picked, and I'm just like, wow, you know, I would have selected this guy before that guy. Um, but I know there's a lot that goes into it, you know, as well. And when I came out, um, I had rebroke my collarbone in the Fiesta Bowl. So I knew that was a concern for a lot of people. Um, but then again, I always look back and said, you know, I never was that guy trying to sell myself. I just said, you know, I'm here. Let me enjoy it. These coaches and, you know, this staff, they do a good job of recruiting. Hopefully, they'll be able to see the talent that that I had. You know, so I really never was salty. A little bit I was. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. A little bit I I was salty about not going to uh, to Cleveland. Uh, I thought Arizona, I thought that was – going to be a landing spot for me um as well and then after that i was like okay i'm sure the vikings if not then i'll drop to uh i wouldn't mind dropping to 10 and ending up in houston i think yeah they had the 10 pick they picked a movie that year um but yeah you know that's that's, it's a little chip that i that i had on my shoulder when i first came in now it's, it's more so like they get to sit back and say wow you know we passed up on him you know, so they're the one hurting now,
1: not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adrian, I, I want to thank you for the time. We've kept you a long time, but thank you so much for spending time with us. And best of luck with your pursuit of Eric Dickerson, hey. Emmett Smith, the playoffs, and a Lombardi trophy.
8: Hey, I really appreciate it. Rick Clark, um, you know, Ron, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. I, I, I enjoyed it, man. And you know, God's willing, I'm able to accomplish all those goals.
3: Thanks. Do us a favor, get that 2000 this year so we don't have, We can double it up and get you out of the league. You can take a rest early if you get 2000 a couple more times.
1: Yes, sir. That was Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson. When we return, we'll talk about another running back who may be on his way to Canton. Only this one's eligible now. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. In case you missed it, we're brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer is running slowly, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a diagnosis. In just minutes, you can activate MyCleanComputer software to clean out what's slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com.
6: Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. I've developed, launched, and marketed over 400 products. Applying for a traditional loan is frustrating. There's paperwork, references, tax forms, you wait weeks for an answer and you may not get the funds there's a new way to get funding without the hassle it's called cabbage that's cabbage with a K here's how it works go to cabbage.com fill out the online application it takes minutes to complete and you'll get a decision with none of the waiting you could have immediate access to a line of credit of up to hundred thousand dollars no fees of any kind to set up your line and you don't pay a cent until you take a loan it's helpful for a business to have security and flexibility Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. It's provided funds to over 50,000 businesses and has been named one of Forbes' top 100 companies twice in a row. So check out Cabbage.com. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE, the number one online provider of small business loans.
11: Football fans, get your Lux on and win at Luxor Las Vegas. Get in the game with first-string shows like Fantasy, the strip's sexiest adult review, Carrot Top, and Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil. Or tackle your hunger at restaurants like Public House, featuring comfort food, 20 brews on tap, and 30 flat panel TVs. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest resident DJs. When game time is done, our comfortable rooms and suites are the perfect end zone. Visit Luxor.com today.
4: Call Quicken Loans now at 800-QUICKEN to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. And for five years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equalizing
0: lender, license in all 50 states, NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of
1: Fame host, Clark Judge.
5: They are who we thought they were.
1: Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO. That's GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. But we're also brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts and CarQuest. Great products, great people, and great prices. That's Advanced Auto Parts and CarQuest. And guys, before we go further, I want to ask a quick question. What in the world is going on with kickers? I mean, there were a lot of missed field goals last weekend and more jobs changed hands. So I thought kickers were supposed to be getting better, not worse. Isn't that why we had the extra point rules changed?
2: Yeah, I remember talking to Nick Lauer one time and he told me when you line up to kick a 60-yard field goal, the goalposts look like tweezers. The farther you go out, The smaller the target and the more the task weighs psychologically on you. Now, extra points are supposed to be automatic, regardless of the distance. The strong-minded kickers knock them home. The weak-minded kickers make excuses.
3: I agree. But, uh, but, you know, they changed the rules, Clark, to make them worse, and they've succeeded. One (laughs) thing that the present regime and the NFL offices have been able to do is make the game worse. Every time they touch something, (laughs) it gets worse, including the feet (laughs) of these kickers.
1: Hey, Ron, <laughs> Dominican Sue. Yes. strong-minded kicker, weak-minded kicker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if he could pick up the holder and throw him forward, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be, that'd
1: be, that'd be <laughs> well, anyway, there are a bunch of people out there who aren't getting worse, just older. And, Derek, strike up the band. Here we go. We want to salute him. On Wednesday, October 7th, one of my favorite Eli, yes, Yale running backs and favorite people of all time, Dick Geron turned 65. Well, another one of my favorite backs and people, 49ers Tom Rathman, turns 53. Oh, I almost forgot. On the same day, Raiders defensive back Charles Woodson, who never ages, turns 39. On Friday, October 9th, Hall of Fame linebacker Mike Singletary, a.k.a. Samurai Mike, turns 57. On Saturday, October 10th, Brett Favre, friend of the show, and the next quarterback in the Hall of Fame turns 46. While on Monday, October 12th, Columbus Day, Leon Lett, the man who discovered how to turn a Thanksgiving Day celebration into a wake, turns 47.
2: Hey, Carp, during your spin through the Bay Area, you mentioned Rathman Woodson and former 49 coach Singletarian. But you missed Steve Young, who turns 53 on Sunday. Are you mad oh. at Steve, a future friend of the show? What gives? I thought you guys were
3: pals from your yeah, days covering you the 49ers. Were, were, yes. were. And, and we You're still are. A yes. That's a lot of, that's a lot of candles. Well, October 7th, the guy who would have made a great NFL head coach in the present day and age turned 63. In fact, he might have been the greatest. Cakes are bacon for Vladimir Putin, former head of the KGB, <laughs> and a guy who is not easy to negotiate a salary cap with or to even keep your cap on. Ron, in his honor, you're sitting there shirtless, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Love me some well, Putin. Congratulations <laughs> to everyone. Ron, you have something you want to give these guys, like your pal Vladimir?
3: I'd like to give Leon Lett a compass and a rearview mirror. He could use both of them. <laughs>
1: Good he used them. Anyway, happy birthday to all. It's not Adrian James's birthday, guys, but there should be a celebration, at least of sorts, for him this fall. I would expect that, like last year, he will be chosen among the Halls, 25 finalists for the class of 2016. That's a list that's going to be announced next month. But I would also hope he moves to the next level, too, and, and makes the list of 15 finalists, which is going to be announced in January, and I'll tell you why. Edron James was a complete ball player. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Basically, he was a four-time pro bowler, twice led the league in rushing, seven 1,000-yard seasons, the fastest player to gain 5,000 yards from scrimmage, the fastest player to gain 10,000 yards from scrimmage, and oh, by the way, he ranks 11th all-time in career rushing yards. So you go, okay, so what? Well, so 12 of the top career rushing leaders, top 14 career rushing leaders, already are in the Hall of Fame. And the two who aren't, Try Edron James and Ladanian Tomlinson. LT is a slam dunk to make it. I mentioned that Edge was a complete player, and the proof to me was in 2008, and that was late in his career when he went to Arizona. Ken Wisenhunt, who was then coaching the cards, used him as a pass protector until he needed him as a back. And then Edge responded with 100 yards rushing in the first playoff game. Touchdown in the second, an upset of Carolina, and over 70 yards in the Super Bowl. He could do everything, guys. You know it because you watched him, you covered him. And if that sounds like someone who's on the Hall of Fame radar but can't crack the door, you're absolutely right. 49ers, Roger Craig. We're talking about Bay Area guys, Goose. Roger Craig, another Bay Area guy, similar back, but with a difference. He never led the league in rushing, and he doesn't rank 11th in career rushing. He ranks 42nd. Edrin James was a semifinalist last year in his first year of candidacy. And I understand it. That's okay. It was his first year. But let's get him in the room, guys, and then let's get him in the hall.
2: Clark, how much do you think his candidacy would have been enhanced had he stuck around Indianapolis one more year and won that Super Bowl with the Colts?
1: Yeah, Goose, I think it probably would have been those Super Bowl rings— aren't the measuring stick for running backs that they are for quarterbacks and coaches, but uh, I mean, I look at some of the best in the game, OJ, Gale Sayers, Barry Sanders. I mentioned LT earlier. None of them won a Super Bowl league championship, but you're right. I mean, the Colts would have been better. He would have had a ring, which means they might have made it to another Super Bowl. He he would have gone to another Super Bowl in that 2006 years. But if he had stayed there and extended his career, maybe they would have gone years forward. But uh, no question, I do think that would have helped.
3: Well, here's my question, Clark, and and I don't quarrel with you about James's statistical value and his performance and so forth and so on. But what's the rush, pardon the pun, uh, of putting this guy in with so many deserving guys who've waited far longer uh, than he has?
1: Well, there's no rush. I mean, I, I just said I'd like to see him get in the room. I'd like to get him in the hall eventually. Um, there, there's not a rush, but I, I'd like to see him discussed. I mean, I thought he would have been in last year. He wasn't. It, with the 15 this year, I've looked at the list of so you guys. I think he's a guy who should be a finalist. I'd like to hear what people have to say about him. Eventually, Ron, I do think he should go in. Eventually. But it doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have to be next. I just think eventually with the numbers he's got, and again, passing the eye test, we all saw him. I mean, he could catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Hunt used him as a pass protector. He was a dynamic rusher. uh, Could score from anywhere on the field. I think eventually he should be in.
2: Do you think he needs to go in before Tomlinson?
1: No. No. Um, Because he'll be up before
2: Tomlinson. He's up before Tomlinson. He
1: will be up before Tomlinson. But LT is going to be up there pretty quickly. And and LT, I would put in there first, more yards, more touchdowns. I do think a more dynamic player, um, one of the best backs in the games. And, and again, a guy who could score anywhere from the field like Edge. I mean, he was an all-decade choice. As you guys know, he's also a two-time rushing leader. But he's someone who ranks fifth on the all-time list. And he also is an NFL MVP, so uh, not to mention the thirty-one. Touchdown's a a league record. So, yeah, I'd put LT in ahead of me if that's the choice. There we go. Well, that's a signal that we're nearing the end of our first hour. So, Ron, I heard you talking there. You're calling the plays today. You're calling them. Let's get on with the two-minute drill, guys, and hope we don't have to kick a field goal to end it. Okay, boys, here we go. You're on the clock.
3: Cleveland Brown's story on Joe Hayden's Sunday absence. Probable or probably lying? Ron, I want to look at an injury report for any team I see
2: and smell deceit.
1: Ask the expert, Ron. Bill Belichick.
3: <laughs> ben Roethlisberger's sideline accoutrements, cell phone, wristband, or listening to Talk of Fame radio. No one has ever been investigated or fined for listening to the Talk
2: of Fame network. We're the safe choice for players, coaches, and fans.
1: You're right, Goose. Tune in next week to find out.
3: Alex Smith is on pace to approach David Carr's all-time sacking record, and that's sacked on your back. Can the Chiefs' quarterback beat Carr's record for taking a beating of 76 sacks in 2002? Not if the
2: Chiefs resort to Plan A, which is put the ball in the hands of Jamal Charles, something he should have been doing all
1: along. Yes, he can, Ron. But the good thing is, he won't remember it. <laughs> Did Bill O'Brien panic and bench Brian Hoyer too soon?
2: Yes, you stand with your Spartan. I'd hate to see what O'Brien would have done with those 300 Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. (laughs)
1: Spartacus! (laughs) No, he started him too soon.
2: (laughs) Do the Seahawks have room for two beast modes? If Russell Wilson keeps fumbling, they may need three beast modes.
1: Ask Marshawn Lynch.
3: Did the Dolphins fire Joe Philbin too soon or too late?
2: Too soon. The new GM gave him an expensive mess, and Philbin couldn't clean it up in a month.
1: Hired him too soon, fired him too late. Speaking of the Dolphins, they have 24
3: coaches, two more than football has positions. Are they overcoached or overrated? I think
2: one word addresses both players and coaches. Underachievers.
1: Overmedicated. These guys don't have a pulse. The Bengals are 4-0. Are they also for real?
2: I'm buying the Bengals. This is the most complete team of the Marvin Lewis
3: era.
1: I'll tell you in January, Ronnie.
3: Way to take a stand, Clark. Who's the biggest train wreck? Colts, Eagles, or the great train wreck of 1918?
2: Eagles. Neither the Colts nor the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis Railway had a deal with the Philadelphia media on a daily basis.
1: (laughs) Donald Trump. Wherever he goes, he's off the rails. (laughs) Rex Ryan says he doesn't care about penalties. He wants a
3: team that fights. Should he sign Ronda Rousey or an anger management coach? Refs have already
2: walked off more than four football fields and penalties against the Bills. Sometimes you just need to walk away from a fight.
1: Not sure on this one, Ronnie. All I know is if he wants to hit someone hard, don't hire Mayweather. <laughs> Colt reserve tight end Dwayne Allen has three catches,
3: but says Andrew Luck needs to have uh, uh, get the ball to all, uh, into all our playmakers' hands. What's that got to do with him?
2: Allen scored eight TDs last season. Let the man
1: talk. You just answered your own question, Ron. We're going to break for halftime, but don't go away. When we return, we'll salute the important discoveries and discoverers in the NFL, as well as the women in football. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodet.
7: These days the internet is full of quizzes to find out what kind of fruit you are or what movie character you're most like or what state you belong in. Well, take it from this tangerine space cop who apparently belongs in Alaska, you won't find any quizzes at Motel6.com. Just lots of clean, comfortable rooms for the lowest price of any national chain. Now let's see, am I more like a mild Swiss or a smoked Gouda? Well, I'm Tom Bodet from Motel 6 and we'll leave the light on for you.
9: If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. Increase your computer speed today with MyCleanPC.com. That's MyCleanPC.com.
0: Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at SimpleGreen.com. now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin,
1: and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. I'm Clark, along with Rick, Ron, and our producer, Derek Burns. And in this hour, as part of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're going to salute the women of the NFL by talking with former Oakland Raiders executive Amy Trask, who you can now catch on that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network. We're also gonna speak to Hall of Fame selector Jeff, parentheses, Butch Hobson for his take on the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals. But first, guys, it's Columbus Day on Monday, October 12th, and that got me to thinking, why not celebrate it by honoring the important discoveries in the NFL? Maybe discoveries that people may not know about and that don't involve the Nina, Pinta, or Santa Maria. They can be good, they can be bad, you just have to be significant. So I'll open it up here, guys. I'm going to open with one that's both good and bad, the Gatorade shower. You know the drill. Team wins a big game. Players pick up the Gatorade tub, and then they pour its contents over the head of the coach. You've seen it before. It's pretty cool the first few times you saw it. Then it got replayed a couple million times. And yep, the thrill was gone. Anyway, legend has the inventor was Mr. Jim Burt, defensive tackle of the New York Giants, who dumped Gatorade on coach and friend of the show. Bill Parcells on October 20th, 1985, after the G-men beat Washington. I say legend because Hall of Famer Dan Hampton claims he's responsible, doing it a year earlier when he doused Mike Ditka after the Bears clinched the 1984 NFC Central. I don't know who would claim responsibility for that. All I know is I wish it would end. Hey, interesting note, guys. The only losing coach to be showered, Kentucky's Guy Morris. He took a bath before the last play of a November 9th, 2002 game with LSU, when the Tigers won on that last play, I hail Mary to Devery Henderson.
2: <laughs> okay, here's another founding father. There are 32 owners in the NFL, 32 very rich owners. They should all raise a toast to Tex Shram on opening day of every season because the late Tex Schramm is still lying in their pockets with greenbacks. When Texas Stadium was built in 1971, Tex made sure it included a stadium novelty, something called a luxury suite. There were 176 of them at Texas Stadium and all sold at a premium price. Overnight, those luxury sheets became a primary revenue source in the NFL and for NFL owners. That created a rush for owners to build their own new stadiums. that all included those money-making suites. Jerry Jones, in fact, has 300 of them in the new AT&T Stadium. Giants and Jets have 200 in their new stadium and the 49ers have 150 all cost a king's ransom. So the NFL players should be raising a toast each season to Shrimp as well. Those seats have driven up the salary cap.
3: Seats, who would have thought? Well, my first thought is of the great polar explorer, Sir Robert of Craft, <laughs> uh, who discovered a very chilly <laughs> Bill Belichick could still coach after his stint in Cleveland. That dude was on ice. Nobody, and I mean nobody, but Bob Kraft, was going to hire the guy. He ignored the pleadings of Art Modell who said, and I quote, have you lost your mind? He also ignored the advice of nearly everyone he spoke to in football, which he admits. uh, They all told him the same thing. Stay away from the guy. Instead, he brought him in. He was a loss or two away from firing him uh, his second season. And then, presto, Tom Brady appeared.
1: Instant genius. Ice melting. Ronnie, (laughs) speaking of head coaches... Christopher Columbus has nothing on the Arizona Cardinals because guess what? They discovered Bruce Arians as a head coach when Bruce was 60. Let's, let's be honest the here, show. guys. <laughs> I mean, Chuck, P- yeah, a young man. Chuck Pagano and the Indianapolis Colts get a finder's fee. They gave Arians a job when no one else would. And in 2012, when Pagano had to take a leave of absence, Bruce became an interim head coach, and he was so good he was named Coach of the Year. An honor he would get two years later in Arizona. So let's see. That's two Coach of the Year awards in three years. Yet, he didn't get a sniff until he belonged to AARP. To me, this was the best discovery since, well, Ron, since 2000, when New England found the game's best quarterback buried in the huh. sixth round. Guys, I Tripped got another over. great
2: discovery. Leroy Butler discovered what's beyond the end zone restraining wall in 1993. After scoring a defensive touchdown on a fumble return, Butler dove into the stands, the first of what has become A Green Bay scoring tradition, the Lambeau Leap. Christopher Columbus found land. Butler found adoring fans and an adoring tradition.
3: Well, of all the discoveries in the long history of our great game, and as you guys know, I'm an historian, none was greater than that uh, discovered by Eddie Kochams, who discovered the forward pass, which he used as a head coach at St. Louis University in 1906. That's 06 for you, Derek. (laughs) <laughs> that season he went 11 and 0 and outscored his his bedazzled opponents 407 to 11. His QB Bradbury Robinson, who threw when Coachum gave him the orders. So now we know who to blame for the mess the NFL football has become. Eddie Coachum's. It's all his fault. The Wright brothers of passing.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of discoveries, guys, we're gonna have to discover something. Yeah, something like an exit so we can break for commercial. When we return. We'll speak with former Ray's executive Amy Trask. This is the Talk of Fame Network. The cheese
5: is melty and the crust is crunchy. This combo's hot and ready for you. Just trust me. Get four slices of deep deep dish plus one
11: soda for just five bucks.
2: Little Caesar's Hot and Ready Lunch Combo. Four slices of deep deep dish pepperoni pizza and a 20-ounce soda. Just five bucks. Little
3: Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax.
9: If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. Increase your computer speed today with MyCleanPC.com. That's MyCleanPC.com. Call Quicken Loans
4: now at 800-QUICKEN to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. And for five years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit QuickenLoans.com. Visit JDPower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equalizing lender, license in all 50 states, Access.org number 3030.
0: Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again.
5: Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Now,
1: back to the Talk of Fame Network. Our next guest is an NFL pioneer. And the league was basically a men's club. Amy Trask went from an intern in the Raiders' legal department in the early 1980s to the team's chief executive in 1997, a job she held until resigning two years ago. Today, of course, she's an analyst for that other pregame show, which airs Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network, a panelist for We Need to Talk, the first all-female nationally televised sports program. That's also on CBS Sports Network, and you can find it on Tuesdays at 8 p.m., and an author working on a book called You Negotiate Like a Girl on her experiences as an (laughs) NFL executive. Amy Trask, you're a busy woman. Thanks for joining us.
12: Well, men, thank you for uh, inviting me. It really, you know, this is stated often, so I can't underscore how sincerely I mean this. It is an absolute privilege to join the three of you. As we were joking around just a moment ago, I feel that collectively we've known one another a million years, and it is both a privilege and a pleasure to join you. Thank you.
1: Thank You, you may be conservative with that estimate, Amy. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, sh-
12: Let's not get it
1: out. <laughs> let's not get it out. Hey, listen, speaking of years, uh, you were a poli-sci major at Cal, right? I was. So how did that prepare you for life in the NFL, or better yet, the Raiders?
12: I don't know that the political science major prepared me, um, whether it did or it didn't contribute. What prepared me is what I believe prepares all of us, education. Education, critical analysis, critical thinking. Education prepared me, not necessarily the major, but I do love my major. I focused on the sociology of voting behavior, so I'm a little bit of an election nerd as well.
2: Amy, what, what was the best part of working for the Ratas and what was the worst part?
12: Well, there's not a moment that I don't consider it, um, or I didn't and don't consider it a privilege to have worked for Al and the organization and to have been a Raider. You know, were there moments that were exasperating, infuriating, frustrating? Um, Absolutely. Did Al and I argue and fight with one another and scream at one another and disagree with one another? Absolutely. But I would not have traded a minute of that for anything. Um, You know, if you were to ask me to pick... The best, best, best parts: game day. Game day, the actual game. Oh, game day and training camp. You know, just football, going up to training camp, watching a team practice and ready itself for the season. And then game day when you look at the team on the field and and you kick that ball off and here we go.
3: But you know, Amy, I knew Al as a reporter, and I was fortunate also to know know him as a guy who he would periodically call up ask for my opinion, and then tell me why I was wrong for about 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you were on the inside with him, and, and I'm just wondering, you know, what was it like to work with him day by day, uh, you know, be in these daily meetings? He could be an intimidating guy because uh, he was such an intelligent guy. And how much do you think the Raiders miss him?
12: Well, I'll answer that in a few respects, but let me tell you one other thing I forgot on the previous answer, the fans. When I talk about game day and I talk about my favorite parts of my job, it was game day and it was the game itself, of course, and it was the fans and interacting with them on game day. But to answer the present question, I was never intimidated by Al. I do understand that Al intimidated many people. I do understand that there's an aura of intimidation that people associate with Al. I never experienced that. And from my perspective and based on my experience, I can tell you that the number one misconception about Al is that he wouldn't tolerate or abide any disagreement. Let me tell you something then. If disagreeing with him and arguing with him were unacceptable to him, I would have been fired less than one one month into my job. (laughs) I've been there only two or three weeks when I was in a meeting and, and he came in and I shared with him quite forcefully that I believed he was wrong and we yelled and we screamed and he cussed and having only been there two or three weeks I wasn't yet cussing but (laughs) no I cussed a lot just just not at the owner I wasn't yet cussing at the owner that came later but the fact is that after this disagreement at one point he looked at me and he said okay you know I got it I got it and that was that and you know that may have set up the paradigm for an almost 30-year relationship of working with one another I did disagree with Al when I believe it was appropriate and frankly that was quite often. <laughs> but what I learned was you don't simply disagree. you explain why you disagree. you back up your disagreement in the best manner you can and you have a, a reasoned, if not loud cuss-filled argument, and then you make a decision and you move on
1: we're with former Raiders executive Amy Trask whom you can now catch on the CBS Sports Network and Amy we're not going to argue with you but we will question you here and the question I've got for you is what was the most challenging experience for you with the Raiders?
12: Wow there were tremendous tremendous challenges, um, business challenges, football challenges of course and I'll tell you one of the things I found the most challenging was understanding that it did not matter how well I did my job it did not matter what decisions I made, when that ball was kicked off, I had absolutely no control over the outcome of the game. So kickoff occurred. I couldn't run in and block. I couldn't tackle. I couldn't act as a you know, a, a safety up top and come over and help a corner who might be struggling against a receiver. You know, I couldn't be that single high safety. I couldn't move over and slide down and help the left tackle block. No matter what I did in my job, ultimately, when that ball was kicked off, I had zero control over what occurred on the field, and that was very challenging to accept.
2: Amy, as a female in a male-dominated business, especially in the 80s and 90s, did you find your gender worked for you or against you, either within the organization or throughout the NFL?
12: You know, people don't, I shouldn't say they don't believe me when I say this, because I don't know what people ultimately choose to believe or not, but they look at me quizzically when I say this, but it's the honest-to-goodness truth. I never spent one moment thinking about my gender. I did my job. It always struck me as counterintuitive for me to think about my gender while wanting others to disregard my gender. So I never walked into a league owner's meeting or a meeting in the league offices or a meeting with bankers or business partners thinking I'm a woman or thinking about my gender because it just strikes me as very silly For a woman to do that, if the last thing she wants is for anyone with whom she's interacting to think about her gender. But you're absolutely right to point out that the world was a lot different in the 80s and 90s. When Al took me with him to the first two-per-club owner's meeting, well, the first owner's meeting I attended with him was a two-per-club meeting. And there was a very, very noticeable silence when the meeting convened and people realized I was taking that seat right next to Al Davis. That room grew very, very quiet. I certainly wasn't concerned about it. Number one, I was walking in the room behind Al Davis, and I figured he was going to be a pretty good fullback for me. <laughs> and number two, why should I worry about it? I mean, what, what, what value is there to me in wasting one moment of my time worrying about whether others are bothered by my gender? They want to worry about it, let them worry about it.
2: Amy, as you sat there in the room, did you have the, the voting trend all figured out?
12: <laughs> well, you know what? Here's something funny. You were there all those years when Al abstained and abstained and abstained, and he did so, and then ultimately I did so for the Raiders for legal reasons. And sometimes they weren't always legal reasons. Sometimes Al just thought that the matters being voted upon were so ridiculous it didn't deserve a yes or a no. But I, I ultimately put an end to that practice. After I, after resolving all of our litigations, settling all of our disputes with the league, I put an end to the practice of abstaining. And on every matter, I voted yes or no. And frequently, we would vote no. And some of the owners would get a bit annoyed, and I said to them, oh, bet you wish we'd go back to abstaining now, don't
3: you? I once said to Al one time, could you just vote for one thing before I retire, please? Something, whatever it might be. And he just sort of laughed at me. (laughs) You know, Clark mentioned that you were a pioneer, uh, Amy. When I think of pioneers, I think of Lewis and Clark. You don't look like either Lewis or Clark, fortunately. Uh, But do you consider yourself... A, a pioneer, quote-unquote?
12: No, I don't. Uh, I, I reserve that word for people who have accomplished vast, vast societal change, who've fomented societal differences. Rosa Parks was, was a pioneer. She said, I'm not moving to the back of the bus. That's a strong woman. That's a pioneer. I was afforded an opportunity. I certainly seized that opportunity with with gusto. And, and I appreciated the opportunity, but I've never considered myself
1: a pioneer. How did working for the Raiders prepare you for what you're doing now? I mean, for someone who worked behind the scenes for so long, I mean, you were out of sight for a long period of time. How do you like working in front of cameras now?
12: Well, A, it didn't prepare me at all because you <laughs> saw me, and you sure. saw that when there was a camera in the vicinity, I <laughs> ran the proverbial 4 okay? There was a camera there. I could run faster than Willie Gall or James Jet in the opposite direction. That's why I was asking. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, after I resigned my position, I, I woke up the next morning, and I, I did not have an idea, a concept, a hint, a suggestion, what I was going to next do, what would be my next adventure. And um, there you go. I, I sort of thought, wow, what's the next adventure? CBS contacted me. We had a number of discussions, the first of which I said, not being on TV, this conversation's over. And here I am a couple of years later, and it's it's interesting, but I'm absolutely unequivocally unprepared for it.
3: Like all of us. Amy,
2: where are the Raiders in three years?
12: Are you talking about in terms of where the team is located?
2: Yes,
1: ma'am.
12: Or are you talking about, you know, I hope the answer to that is enjoying a long playoff run. So if you're asking where they are from a football standpoint, my hope for Raider fans, the Raider Nation, is that the team is doing well. If you're talking about from a location standpoint, I don't believe any of us yet know how that story will ultimately end. I do believe that there will be a team or teams in Los Angeles in the very near future. It is conceivable that if there are two teams, we could see the Rams and the Raiders. We can see the Chargers and the Raiders. We don't know yet how that story will be written. Uh, Oakland has a magnificent, magnificent site for a stadium. I think it's the best location in the NFL. It's got tremendous ingress and egress. It's right on a freeway, and it is the only stadium in the league that is that well served by public transportation. But that said, the team needs a new stadium. Uh, If it wishes to stay within The market, as market is defined by the league, it can slide down the road and share in Santa Clara. I understand that the team has articulated repeatedly that it won't do that. The league can certainly say, okay, um, we're not going to make you share the stadium. And I don't believe the league will make the team share a stadium. But the league, on the other hand, could say, fair enough, you don't want to share a stadium, but that is within the definition of your market." because your market is your location and the 75 miles around it. If you don't want to share, that's okay, but you've got to find another solution in your market. Or the league can allow the team to move to Los Angeles, and I don't yet know what the end of that story will be.
1: Amy, I don't know if the Raiders are going down the road, but unfortunately we have to. We're out of time. (laughs) But uh, thanks for the time, and best of luck with that next adventure.
12: It is an absolute delight to reconnect and speak with each of you. I look forward to speaking again.
1: Thanks, thanks, Amy. Great. That was former Raiders executive Amy Trask, whom you can now catch on the CBS Sports Network both as an analyst and a panelist. When we return, we'll talk about her impact on women in the NFL. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.
6: Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. I've developed, launched, and marketed over 400 products. Applying for a traditional loan is frustrating. There's paperwork, references, tax forms. You wait weeks for an answer, and you may not get the funds. There's a new way to get funding without the hassle. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Here's how it works. Go to Cabbage.com, fill out the online application. It takes minutes to complete, and you'll get a decision with none of the waiting. You could have immediate access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No fees of any kind to set up your line, and you don't pay a cent until you take a loan. It's helpful for a business to have security and flexibility. Cabbage is a rated by the Better Business Bureau. It's provided funds to over 50,000 businesses and has been named one of Forbes' top 100 companies twice in a row. So check out Cabbage.com. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE, the number one online provider of small business loans.
11: Football fans, get your Lux on and win at Luxor Las Vegas. Get in the game with first-string shows like Fantasy, the Strip's Sexiest Adult Review, Carrot Top, and Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil. Or tackle your hunger at restaurants like Public House, featuring comfort food, 20 brews on tap, and 30 flat panel TVs. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest resident DJs. When game time is done, our comfortable rooms and suites are the perfect end zone. Visit Luxor.com today.
7: Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, it's not enough to go on a weekend jog. Nowadays, so-called fun runs have barbed wire, mud bogs, and flaming hoops. Can poison blow darts be far behind? But Motel 6 is a safe stop in the long or short run. Always a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain. Book online at motel6.com. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Ow, was that a blow d...
0: Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge.
3: They are who we thought they were.
1: Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts and Car Quest. Great products, great people, and great prices. That's Advanced Auto Parts and CarQuest. We're also brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes you can activate software that could clean up what may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hey, Rick and Ron, uh, that was great to have Amy Trash join us. I mean, she's the perfect woman to kick off our Women in the NFL series as part of Breast Cancer Awareness Month because basically, as I mentioned before, she cracked the NFL's glass ceiling, becoming the highest-ranking female executive, really, in any professional sport. I have enormous respect for what she did and when she did it. Especially under less than ideal circumstances.
2: Yeah, Clark, it's not surprising that it was the Raiders who broke the glass ceiling. You know, Al Davis was the first owner to hire a Hispanic coach, the first to hire an African American coach, and the first to put a woman in power in his front office. You know, Al hired the most qualified people for those positions, and then let them do their jobs. It didn't matter to Al, race, creed, or color. Can you help me win games? <laughs>
1: Well, with that music, Ron's pre uh, Ron, I will ask you this. Damn, I have uh, a
3: patch over one eye right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: since he mentioned the Raiders and you're our resident Raiders honk, um, Goose brought up a good point. What does this say about a franchise, the Raiders, that it was willing to put a woman in a position of power when nobody in the NFL would, and that it was willing to make Art Shell the league's first African-American, African-American head coach when nobody else in the NFL would?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, as Goose points out, I mean, that's who Al was in many ways, but he wasn't—he didn't do any of this. You know, of course, also had uh, uh, made Tom Flores the first starting uh, Hispanic ever to start as the quarterback in the NFL and then made him the first uh, Hispanic head coach. Then he went on to come become the first Hispanic head coach to win the Super Bowl, and he won two. Uh, but Al never did any of this stuff uh, because he was uh, looking to be some sort of civil rights advocate. As you guys know, Shell's a close friend of mine, and, uh, when he gave him the job, he called him in. <laughs> this is a classic Al story. He says, now you know what this means, right? This is a stork. You understand that? This is a stork. You understand that? And Art's going, "No, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a stork. He goes, but understand this, too. He didn't get this job because you're black. He got it because you're silver and black. <laughs> and, and, and that's a true story. And that was what Al Davis was all about. Can you help my team? If you can help my team, I don't care what happens someplace else, what they said about you someplace else. Know, we'll find out here about that. And the same thing with things that other guys uh, wouldn't even think about doing. You know, Look, we all know Amy, a uh, very, very smart uh, woman, uh, and that's what he saw. Smart person, you know, uh, smart person, a lawyer, uh, and he certainly needed as many lawyers <laughs> around him as he could get. And and that's how he operated. Can you help uh, improve his team? And if he could, the rest of it he couldn't care less about.
1: Well, Goosey, you know what I like most about Amy Trask is, um, unlike others in this business, and I think of, for instance, a Katie Brown Blackburn, that would be Dartmouth College, class of 86, Wahoo Wah, and Charlotte Jones Anderson, Stanford, class of 88. Was that Yahoo's (laughs) Yah? It could be Wahoo Wah, too. They used to be the Indians. Stanford used to be the Indians, too. Um, But she wasn't born into the business. And listen, that's not to denigrate Katie or, or Charlotte Jones Anderson. I mean, that's not to say they're not qualified. They are. In fact... Charlotte Jones Anderson has an undergraduate degree in human biology, for God's sake. So they're well-educated women. But Amy Trask did not grow up in a family that was all about football.
2: Yeah, she grew up to be a lawyer. And NFL right. teams always have and always will need lawyers. She went Especially to the, right the Raiders. Team. Raiders. <laughs> yeah, She yeah. went to the right team because with Dale Davis and honor, the Raiders were assured of keeping their legal team busy and the NFL even busier fighting that legal team off. You know, she could have been an attorney in any industry she chose. She could have just as easily gone to work for Ford, Google, or Geico, but she chose football. Folks who take their education seriously get to make choices like that.
1: Well, Goose, we're going to continue this series throughout the month, and since I mentioned Charlotte Jones Anderson, who took her education seriously, let me ask you, I mean, you're close to the situation. How much influence does she wield within the Cowboys and within the NFL? Because it seems to me that she's someone who could play important roles in both areas as time goes on.
2: Yeah, the business of the NFL is more than just football. The Cowboys are the most valuable sporting franchise in the world, and it's not just because they win football games. The Cowboy brand is everywhere, and Charlotte has a strong voice in all business aspects of the Cowboys. She is front and center in the strategic planning and placement of the Cowboys brand. You know, she's a respected voice in the building and a trusted voice in the NFL with whom she sits as chairperson of their NFL foundation. She's also on the NFL Conduct Committee. I would not be surprised if she is named president of the Cowboys when her dad steps down with her two brothers focusing on the football end of the business.
1: Well, Ron, we have women in front offices. Charlotte Jones-Anderson's one of them. Uh, Katie Brown-Blackburn's another. We have women coaches, as we saw this summer with the Arizona Cardinals, and we have a female official. And women seem to be coming, becoming a more a part of the NFL than ever. So, obvious question. Could you foresee the day that we have a woman commissioner, a female commissioner? And if so, how soon?
3: Well, uh, sure. I mean, obviously, it's a long shot because you got 30, you know, at least as it stands now, you've got 32 men who'd be making the vote. But if someone like Condoleezza Rice, you know, put her stilettos in the ring, you know, I mean, I think she'd have a pretty good shot. Uh, she has a great love of football and knowledge of football. She's well-documented. She's herself said uh, she would love to be the commissioner of pro-football. But from the owner's standpoint, they would look at someone like her. She's got tremendous governmental connections, understands how politics works, understands the economics of things. So I, I, I frankly wouldn't be surprised to see if, if she was in the running uh, the next time the job opens up, which, which might actually happen sooner than some people in New York presently think.
2: Ron, I don't think it'll be anytime soon, though. I think the first league to hire a female commissioner, my guess, would be the NBA. They seem to be the most progressive, thinking of all the leagues. When the NBA opens the door for a female commissioner, the other leagues will follow suit at their own pace. Well, we'll
1: see. Goose, that, uh, where do you think the next area for women to break through in the NFL is?
2: Well, we saw Sarah Thomas this season officiating. We saw Jan Welter in coaching. You know, Sarah stayed on the field. Jan did not. That's the next step, a full-time coach in the NFL. And I would not be surprised if it's 2016.
1: Ronnie, how about
3: it? Well, I think scouting is an area, you know, why couldn't they do it? You know, most of today's young scouts aren't ex-NFL players or coaches. You know, they're just... You know, Many of them are stat geeks trained by uh, personnel men to study film and gather information. They could, any, you know, any trained woman could do that as, just as well as most of the men doing it now, and probably as well as all of them.
1: Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. Well, no, that's not a call for Ronnie Spector, though it could be considering our women in the NFL series. No, it's, it's a call for Ron Borges, and Borges or...
5: Bogus.
1: Yeah, where he offers a little free advice this week for Bill's coach and friend of the show... Rex Ryan. Ronnie? I love me some Rex Ryan, but uh, you know, this weekend
3: he said he'll take a team with some fight any day. And I say, how about a team with a brain someday? You know, <laughs> Rex is one of the best defenses in the NFL, and he's a defensive genius, and everybody knows it. Uh, but you'd never know it after you saw his team give up 40 to the Patriots and 24 to, the, to a Giants team that was struggling. Uh, but when you give teams like that 275 free yards through penalties it makes winning football games daunting since you're not only fighting the other team, you're fighting yourself. Bogus. If you give an above-average quarterback like Eli Manning an extra 135 yards and accepted penalties, and an average drive start at his 29-yard line, he's going to score some points. If you also erase 14 points off your scoreboard due to penalties, you're probably going to erase yourself, which is, frankly,
7: Bogus.
3: Worst, If you give a great quarterback like Tom Brady 143 yards and his average drive starts at his own 37-yard line, he's going to blow your doors off, which is exactly what he did. Yet, even with all that largesse, Buffalo was in position to tie the Patriots game with 75 seconds to play and had the Giants on the ropes in the fourth quarter until their urge to fight superseded their urge to think, and they put that rope around their own necks. Now Rex rushed to defend his team each time making his team's 58 penalties, 46 of them accepted, by the way. sound like some sort of badge of honor when he said, I know the one thing for a fact, we have heart, So he said after the Giants game. The discipline thing, I get it. You have 17 penalties, that's a sign of lack of discipline. That's not a big deal. That's not the real deal, but this is a free country. Write what you believe. Okay, I will. I believe 58 penalties in four games, including 14 personal fouls, are not only a lack of discipline, but more than that. It's a sign of stupidity and selfishness, which is worse is debatable. But when you combine them, you're not going to beat Tom Brady. Heck, you're not going to beat the Brady Bunch or Brady Gwynn if you keep taking points off the board and adding, uh, and aiding that other guy's efforts. By Monday, Rex was initially a bit more circumspect, but then he did what he always does, guys. After first saying this had to be cleaned up and he's trying to fix it, he had to add a whole speech about how the Seattle Seahawks, a couple years in a row, had led the team in, and uh, the league in penalties, and look where they ended up—Super Bowl champions, NFC championship, blah 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 blah. Well, you know what, Rex? That's a wayward message for a wayward team. They didn't need to hear it because they ain't the Seahawks. And that message was bogus. Ron, is it all Ryan? I mean,
2: the Bills were the second most penalized team in the NFL a year ago, and that was before Ryan ever came to town. You know, so what's up there? Too much hot sauce on the wings?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right, too many times it's tough. No, it's not all, Rex, but you can bring it to a halt, and you can bring it to a halt in a hurry if you start jumping people and sitting them down. You know, Jerry Hughes is the master of the personal foul. You know, how about, you know, Rex, you just turn and say, how about you become the master sack and the quarterback?
1: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about bringing things to a halt, Ronnie, we're going to bring this segment to a halt. Around the corner, we got Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. He's a Hall of Fame voter, and he's going to tell us why we should believe in the Bengals. We should? This is the Talk of Fame Network. <laughs> Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com.
4: The following was recorded at a Burger King drive-thru
5: at breakfast. Good morning. Welcome to Burger King.
1: Hey, Sweet Pea. Uh, I'm going to get the two for $4 bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, dude. Well,
5: I've never heard that before.
1: What, sweetie?
5: No, the way you pronounce
1: croissant <laughs> Oh, my.
5: Oh, my, you love it, or oh, my, just give me my breakfast. Piled high with thick-cut bacon or savory sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted cheese. Get two Chris Sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4, only at Burger King. And try them with our Smooth Roast Seattle's Best Coffee. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, the world is your office with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business with all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system.
9: Do you freak out every time you break out? Try Proactive. There's a huge reason Proactive is the number one acne treatment. It totally works. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear, or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944.
4: Call Quicken Loans now at 800-QUICKEN to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. And for five years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us Highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equalizing lender, license in all 50
0: states. Access.org number 3030. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge.
1: Speaking of calling, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local or toll-free number, or just bring your own. You want to see how it works? I know I do. Then just go to grasshopper.com, and you will. I'll tell you what else I want to see. Let's see the Bengals in this season's playoffs. I mean... Guys, what comes first? Uh, Donald Trump in the White House? I guess we should have asked Amy Trask about that. Or the Bengals in the winner's circle in January? For that answer, we've reached out to Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com and also a Hall of Fame voter. First of all, Butchie, congratulations on rejoining the Board of Selectors.
13: Thank you very much. It's a great honor. It's a, uh, I don't think you can uh, do anything more important in the sport than uh have a seat at the table when they pick the hall of famers so i'm i'm very honored and i'm going to be leaning on you guys uh throughout the year you can believe that
1: well you can do something that's uh, more honorable that's talk to us butch so <laughs> first question i've got for you i don't think i'm worthy I, uh, I <laughs> well, think I'm you worthy. better be <laughs> right.
3: that goes without saying butch but we're gonna have you on anyway yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> the first question i've got for you are are basically are these bengals good enough to win a game in january and and how big of a hurdle is that for andy dalton and marvin lewis
13: well i tell you what it's everything it means everything because that's how they're defined you know unfortunately they could win 12 games this year and it's not going to be in a damn thing but you know but uh but i'll tell you they look pretty good. They look better than they did last year at this time, and it's because of uh, uh, the host of people on offense, some of the additions or some of the re back on defense. I mean, uh, all those guys who were hurt last year, Jones and Eifert, they matter. And uh, Giovanni Bernard's healthy. I mean, he's got all his weapons. Uh, uh, Hugh Jackson's done a hell of a job over there uh, getting Andy Dalton more confidence. And, uh, you know, on defense – that defensive line is where it was uh, in 2000. Geno Atkins is Geno Atkins, and I'll tell you what they—they uh, they attacked quarterback. You know, and we all know that the pass rush starts inside. If you have an inside pass rusher, you're special. So far, nobody's blocked Gino yet this year.
2: Butch, how is Andy Dalton a different quarterback this season than from past seasons and past failures?
13: I think Goosey's more—he's uh, more confident. I think uh, two years in Hugh Jackson's system. Five years in the league, you can really tell. I think Hughes had a great impact on him as far as taking control of the guys around him. We already knew that he had great command of the offense at the line of scrimmage. Pre-snap. We already knew that. Hugh wanted more from him in the locker room, and uh, he's given it to him as far as being involved in the offense, being involved with the, with, with, the, with the players, demanding more. And then I think just what you see in the field, what he's done, what he's done uh, scrambling, what he's done after the snap, I mean, uh, he's made some great, uh, great scramble plays out of the pocket, and uh, has, uh, uh, you know, made some great throws on the run. You know, he made two, he, he made three plays out of pocket on on Sunday against the Chiefs, where he hit Brandon Tate for a 55-yard touchdown catch, hit Rex Burkard on a third-down play, Rex Burkhead hit him out of pocket for a 27-yard play. And then he, scrambled on, uh, then he scrambled on third and fourth to get a big first down in the first quarter. So just, his, just the way he's carrying himself and, his, and, his, and uh, what he's doing at the line of scrimmage, and not only that, what he's doing when the play breaks down.
3: Well, Butchie, as we all know, patience has never been the hallmark of NFL owners, uh, especially in recent years. Yet Mike Brown has given Marvin Lewis uh, the, the longest rope in the history of hemp uh, you know, 13 years as a head coach, 0 and 6 in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, he, he uh, uh, he's had winning records only less than half of those uh, years. Why has Mike Brown been so patient when others, like in Miami and with the Jets and the Bills, uh, have been uh, completely the opposite?
8: Well, Ron,
13: you're right. He's given him enough rope. Uh, by that, that it's the same length of rope that about a hundred other NFL coaches have been uh, easted uh, in, in 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 that time in that same time frame, and I think a lot of it goes back to Paul Brown getting fired uh, after the 1962 season in uh, Cleveland. Uh, Mike saw how devastating that was. He felt it uh, to him and his family, and he's been very, uh, very cautious ever since his dad's been gone and he's been running the club. He's been very cautious. The fire guys, I mean, Dave Shula uh, was able to survive. He was the fastest guy to 50 losses. He survived a long time in that realm. Now Marvin has never had a you know never really struggled as, as David did, but uh, he had some tough years. But I think again, it went back to the Paul Brown thing. I don't like to fire people, and it also went back to the fact that he really believes in continuity. He admires what Marvin has done. Marvin has has brought this you know when Marvin came here, this this you know franchise was scraping bottom. You know, uh, and uh, Mike remembers what it was like, and he appreciates what Marvin did in getting it back. And I think he just he also loves continuity. He hates change. He feels like first thing an organization needs is continuity at the top and uh and a quarterback. He firmly believes that. I mean, long before guys were writing about Belichick and Brady being joined it the hip and all that stuff, Mike was Mike was Mike was preaching it with uh you know, Boomer and Sam and then and then with uh and then with Palmer and Marvin and now with Palmer and Dalton. So I think that's been a you know, the continuity and, and then the experience with his father and uh, his admiration of Marvin, I think all three things that are at work
1: there. We're talking to Hall of Fame voter Jeff Princey's Butch Hobson in Cincinnati. And, Butchie, isn't this weekend's game with Seattle more than just a game? I mean, really, isn't it a measuring stick for the Bengals?
13: No question. I any mean, Anytime you face the, the, the two time Super Bowl uh, a, a participant and you want to go there, absolutely. And I also think it's an intriguing I, it's an intriguing matchup because I feel like the Bengals have been like an AFC understudy to the Seahawks because they're built very similar, very similar teams. Great defensive lines that bring pressure. A deep secondary. Real commitment to the running game. Physical on both lines of scrimmage. You know, and both uh, crafty, crafty quarterbacks that know how to win. Um, I, I, I think it's you know, Wilson was a third-round pick. Dalton was a second-round pick. They weren't, they weren't blue-chip uh, blue, blue premium throwers, but, you know, they've, they've got other strengths. I really, I, you know, I think, the, you know, obviously the Bengals got a ways to go to get to where Seattle's been, but I think they're actually built in their image.
1: Butchie, that's a signal that we've got a ways to go, too. But thanks for the help, and tell Mike Brown that we'll catch up with him at the Combine at the local Steak and Shake. That sounds good. I'm sure he'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, sure he will. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Thanks, Butchie. <laughs> Thanks, Butch. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Butch. That was Hall of Fame selector Jeff Butch Hobson, and this is the two-minute drill where Ron's going to ask, Rick and I will answer, Derek Burns, our producer. He's going to be running the clock, so let's get started, guys.
3: Okay, here we go, boys. Who starts slower, a three-toed sloth or ten-toed Sam Bradford?
1: 39-year-old Peyton Manning.
3: I know one thing. There's never been a three-toed
2: sloth that threw an interception.
3: Will Ryan Tannehill last in Miami
1: as long as his six-year, one-way contract? Can you wait on that, run? He's slated to go into Joe Philbin's office tomorrow to find out.
2: The problem isn't Tannehill, it's the offensive line. That the Dolphins can't run the ball, and he's getting sacked three times a game. Yeah,
3: QB apologist. Uh, who, st- who starts for Dallas against the Patriots? Ex-pat Matt Castle or thing of beauty Brandon Whedon?
1: Doesn't matter. Dr. Data has as much chance of beating Tom Brady as these two.
3: Only one guy has a chance
2: to extend his starting tree to 11 consecutive losses, and it's not Castle.
3: Wow. The Eagles offense has run 241 plays, but DeMarco Murray, friend of Goose, has only 40 touches. What's Chip Kelly saving him
1: for? His next stop, the University of Texas.
3: The rematch
2: with the Cowboys November 8th.
3: Several kickers have been whining, as kickers do, that the stress of kicking 33-yard extra points is has them missing short field goals, too. Weak-minded or weak excuse?
1: Ask their shrinks.
2: And you wonder why we never put kickers in the Hall of Fame?
3: 49 <laughs> quarterback Colin Kaepernick uh, was intercepted four times uh, by the Cardinals in Week 3. He responded last week against Green Bay by completing only three passes that traveled beyond three yards. And he gets sacked six times. Lost confidence, lost nerve, or lost in space?
1: Lost, period. He should have retired with everyone else on the 49ers.
3: Lost his quarterback guru, Jim
1: Harbaugh. (laughs) Broncos defense, Bengals defense, or NATO's defense? Broncos. They're to Peyton Manning what Terrell Davis was to John Elway.
2: I believe the Broncos and Bengals are spending a lot more money on defense these days than NATO.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's pretty good, Gooser. Uh, Adam Vinatieri became the first kicker to score 1,000 points for two different teams. Count them two. Game on the line. Adam Vinatieri or Morton Anderson?
1: Vinatieri, best kicker since. Well run, in Sioux. Sue. Easy one. Sparta. Go
2: with the guy Vinatieri is still chasing.
3: <laughs> Spartacus.
1: Six teams remain undefeated. Will anyone go 16 and 0? New England toughest opponent on schedule. Texas Tech.
2: Only two that I know of, DraftKings and FanDuel.
1: There we go. We'd like to thank Adrian Peterson, Amy Trask, and Jeff, parentheses, Butch Hobson for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you want to hear this or any podcast, just log on to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or go to iTunes. Otherwise, look for us at this time and on this station next week. We'll catch you then.
7: Hi, Tom Bodet, trying out this paleolithic diet. You know, the one where you eat the stuff cavemen used to eat? Well, right now, I just want to hunt and gather a pizza. For you, on the other hand, I recommend a steady diet of Motel 6, where you can get a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain. Sure beats this cave, not to mention the loincloth, which is draftier than I anticipated. I'm Tom Bodet from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com.
9: If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. Increase your computer speed today with MyCleanPC.com. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hi, I'm Bruce
0: Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Visit us at SimpleGreen.com.